This week, we welcome Sam Straka, a technical product manager at Logarithm. Talk about Logarithm's next generation SIM platform, orchestration, configuration management, and a whole host of topics. It's going to be a lot of fun. In the second segment, we welcome Doug Coburn, the director of professional services at Signal Sciences, to talk about how Signal Sciences is implementing their product at various uh, customer sites, uh, installing, and a demo on using Signal Sciences in a Kubernetes environment. So that's going to be awesome. In the security news, the U.S. government issues a light aircraft cyber alert. Thieves steal a laptop with 30 years of data from the University of Western Australia. Remote code execution is possible, if, especially if you're exploiting flaws in VxWorks. And what's in your wallet? The alleged Capital One hacker is barely bothered to hide. All that and more on this episode of Paul's Security Weekly. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show where exploits run wild, packets aren't the only things getting sniffed, and the cocktails flow steady, it's Paul's Security Weekly. Effectively securing your organization and its reputation requires a smarter approach. To maximize efficiency and minimize risk, security experts turn to Logarithm, the only leading solution built solely for security teams by a security team committed to your success. With NextGen SIM, user and entity behavior analytics, network traffic and behavior analysis, security automation and orchestration, and compliance, Logarithm provides security made smarter. Is your IT team ready to face the next implementation or upgrade? Do you have a pool of talented team members who are trained and ready to support your organization's growth? The right IT skills development platform can get you past the IT skills gap. With training content that's so engaging, some even call it binge-worthy learning, your team will watch and learn more with IT Pro TV. Get a free team trial of IT Pro TV today. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash IT Pro TV. Are you an enterprise dissatisfied with overpriced analytics software that can't keep up with modern data? If so, then GraphWell is the solution for you. GraphWell is an unstructured data analytics platform for enterprises who demand total data visibility across their network. GraphWell lets your security team go beyond the SIM and fuse data sources to correlate and answer questions you didn't know needed to be asked. Go to gravwell.io forward slash security weekly for an unlimited data trial and gain uncompromising visibility today. And welcome to the show. But first, let me introduce you to a man who likes it extra dirty. And by it, I mean his martinis, Mr. Posidori. Welcome, everyone, to Paul's Security Weekly. This is episode 614 being recorded on August 1st. August 1st, even 2000. I can't. What, what is happening? What is going on? I can't speak. Welcome to the show, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded on August 1st, 2019, right here in G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island. To my left, the illustrious Mr. Larry Pesci. Well, there is a certain luster, anyways. For and it's not lack lacking luster. It's not it's you're not, not lackluster. Definitely. I like I, your I, I like your t-shirt. It's yes, very nice. Yes. Very vintage. I like it. Give for my sister-in-law for Christmas. Very nice. It's you can not. never have too many Star Wars you cannot. t-shirts. You cannot. You just can't. Nope. Spilling my and spilling my martini all over my I know I am it's, too. It's yeah. It's, it's, they're really full. It's, you know. That's it's going to be a good time. It's now, be a, now are these blue cheese stuffed olives? Those are not blue uh, cheese stuffed. I was in a, a rush. I'm okay. sorry. They are they're good olives though. Okay. 
On the lines, remotely, Mr. Joff Thayer is here with us. Joff, welcome. G'day and good evening, Paul Asadorian and Mr. Larry Peche. It is good to be here. I had to actually lay down my botnet, literally. I've got like, you know, 10 keyloggers running and screenshots and all kinds of good shit running tonight. But it's good. It's Security Weekly time. Only 10. Joff, did you ever write that Flask application that does like callbacks and webhooks and stuff? Or not yet? Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to get more specific, Paul. Uh, more like which one? <laughs> Let's talk after the show. I've spent the past two months rewriting a Flask application, so it's been a lot of fun. So you've fun. dipped your you've dipped your wicket in the Flask. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, I've done my I've rendered my templates and adjusted my Jinja and all that stuff. Wow, <laughs> Mr. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Mr. Lee Neely is here with us. Lee, welcome. Ah, good to be here. I see we're already buzzword compiling for the night, so we're, we're off to the run to have another good time. Well, we, we, we are have compiling. To be, we have to be because uh, Jeff be isn't here. Yes, yes. And we have to be buzzword compliant even because Jeff's not right. here. So, Right. Yes. Yeah, we should throw a PCI in right now. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Everyone drink. Uh-huh. Uh, quick announcements. Some of you have told us that you're overwhelmed by the amount of content that we distribute. What? We hear you. An attempt to make it easier so you can tell us what you're interested in. Then when we publish something that's within your interest, we'll send it to you. Go to securityweekly.com forward slash subscribe. Join the list. There's about around 5,000 people who have done that already. Thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, one of the reasons I'm working on code is to support this new system uh, that will do that. So it's very, very exciting. Uh, to You'll be able to register uh, to a site and then... Tell us what you're interested in, and then we'll send it to you. It's all gonna. It's all in the works. We're pushing new code releases as fast and furious as possible. A lot of fun. Is there another announcement for this for this segment? Cause I, don't I didn't. I didn't really read that from the teleprompter. I just. Uh, I did it off the cuff. Thank you. Ah, uh, so now we're ready to start our interview with uh, Sam Straka. He's a technical product manager. At Logarithm, we're going to be talking about their SIM, next generation SIM platform, uh, orchestration, and a lot of other fun topics. Sam, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good to be here. Paul, I'm glad to see that uh, you know, you're still coding and that your intern hasn't fired you yet. Yes. My, it's my, coming soon. Don't worry. My intern probably could could fire me. We we fire each other every every day because I it's you know I mean we're equal. I sometimes like I make mistakes and he makes mistakes and we're like you know what we're all it's a great team because I'm like we're all in it together, dude. Like when we make mistakes, we help each other fix it. And we had a horrible merging experience. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, Dude, you should never merge with your interns at work. <laughs> you should never merge local branches together is what I learned. Oh, man. Never, never do that. So we had to – well, we fixed it by creating an all-new repository, uh, which, oh. you know, sometimes – That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it, right? And it was the right way. And so, well, I'm doing, you know, his, I'm doing his webcast there's next. There's something viscerally satisfying about firing the boss. Yes. <laughs> we do. We do need some security. That's my next on my list. We need to, some security testing. So, Sam, if you want to sign up for that, that'd be awesome. Wish I could, man. Sounds like fun. It's a lot of fun. Sounds like you have. Oh, so, Sam, tell us how you got your start in information security. Let's start there. Yeah, you know, I I don't really have a director out there. I started my career after college working for a small software shop here in Boulder, um, in the compliance space. So we were gotcha. doing 
essentially just doing paperwork for wineries, breweries, distilleries, um, and the compliance Wait, of the uh, of the areas dispensaries because you're in Colorado, right? You, know, you guys have all a, the you guys have all the fun stuff out there. I know, I know, man. We do, we do. It's it's great to be out here. But yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't work with um, we didn't work with pot shops back then. It's it's kind of a weird market just because it's not legal federally. Um, but you know, as as weird as this is to say, compliance is is pretty cool. Um, it's nice because your customers have to buy from you when, when you're part of their compliance regimen. Um, but you know, we had a great product and I loved it. The part of, part of the reason is because I got to go to California and visit our winery customers mm, pretty regularly. That's pretty uh, nice. So, you know, that's a perk for sure. So, so um, is that another form of trust, but verify? Exactly. Exactly. You know, you got to get their feedback. That's what we do in the product management world, right? You got to go on site, you got to put a little bit of wine in the glass and swirl it around and exactly, sniff exactly. and the whole the whole thing. It was a good gig, man. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of learned the ropes as a product owner and a product manager. I uh, did some customer support. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, I learned everything I know about information technology, um, software, on the job. I don't have a formal education in it. Um, but, you know, once I kind of got my foot in the door, I loved it. Sam, what's your degree in? I've, my degree uh, is in international affairs um my dad always used to make fun of me and say it was in foreign women but it's international <laughs> see i was going to make a very similar kind of joke so i think i like your dad already that's oh, awesome yeah. though I, yeah. we we did a webcast uh with isc squared and we were talking about having not even a debate but just being like you know you can have a degree you could not have a degree if you have a degree it can be in IT, it can be in security, it can Underwater be in basket weaving. engineering, it can be in whatever. Uh, you know, if you're passionate about security, all, all roads could lead here, mm -hmm. right, to, to being yeah. a security professional. And it sounds like that's the road uh, you chose to go down, Sam. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. When that job, when that job ended, I, you know, kind of looked around the area and, and Logarithm stood out, right? It's, it's got a great reputation in the Denver, Boulder area. Um, got a lot of recommendations from folks that work here that, you know, it'd be a great place to check out. So I jumped in as a technical product manager, um, starting on our collection side of things. So ingesting logs, doing endpoint monitoring, mm -hmm. um, essentially getting getting the top of the funnel taken care of so that we can do our data analytics and, and all that downstream. Now, since then, I've kind of moved uh, outwards and kind of spread out to our platform administration. So making sure that it's easy for our customers to get um, their logarithm installed, up and running, uh, expanded, whatever they need to do with it. And, you know, as we're kind of moving and, and expanding the way we're able to be deployed, it's, it's an exciting job. So I'm, a, yeah, I'm in a good spot, that, man. That time, that time to value is so important. And your role obviously sounds like it's fully supporting that, right? And we, I mean, you can talk about this in any kind of market, right? But in security, we don't want to spend, if we spend months, six months, three months, whatever, or like by the time we get things implemented, so much has changed. So that fast implementation and quick time to value is really important in security. Today. Oh, you know, and I think you'll, you'll find, and you know, we're, we're not exempt from this, that every, every company and, and every security vendor has horror stories about awful deployments. Oh, right. Like yeah. Deployments that just never got set up. But that's not, that's not necessarily the, I, look, I've been doing IT a long time now. And sometimes deployments don't go well at all. And the, yeah. there's a ton of factors that play into that, right? 
Oh, for sure. For sure. But, you know, we kind of see it as a, an opportunity competitively, right? So if we can, if we can be the company that's easiest to set up and deploy and have, have, you know, less horror stories than the next guy, then, you know, we feel like that's not only good for our customers, but good for us as a business. So, um, you know, that's what we're going after. And that's kind of what our, our brand new deploy project is all about. And so when we talk about deployment for Logarithm Sam, um, for our audience, like what, what goes into that? What are some of the like first things that people should consider when, I mean, we're, I'm going to say deploy a SIM, right? But it does a lot more than that. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I'll talk a little bit about how it works today and, and really the basics, but, you know, and then I'll, I'd love to talk a little bit about what we're doing next because we're really excited about it. Um, did you guys say you're going to, are you going to be at Black Hat or yes, just we will. Con next week? Just, uh, I will just be at Black Hat. Many of us will also be at DEF CON. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd love to talk. You know, we'll, I'll be there too. Our team will be there. So I'd love to see you guys and, and talk to anybody who wants to learn more about it. Um, but, you know, a deploying logarithm is, is interesting because it's um, a big data solution at its heart, right? Our whole goal is to take in a bunch of data, um, normalize it, and analyze it for the purpose of finding threats and, and then, you know, enabling our SOAR technologies to, to respond to those threats. But that takes a lot of horsepower, right? So traditionally, we've been an appliance sort of based business, which means, you know, you want a logarithm, we'll, we'll send it to you with a faceplate, um, you get it wired up and you're off and running. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, obviously the landscape is changing out there and, and is, you know, changing more slowly in security. I think there's a lot of concerns about where people's data lives and, um, you know, there's all these sort of compliance regulations about whether you can ship personal data offshore. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing well, and Sam, the so also cost too, right? We talk oh, yeah. a lot about this on the, on our other shows, but you know, for this audience, when you make the decision between, uh, and you mentioned it in your notes, Sam, right? On-premises versus in the cloud. There's a lot of factors that go into that decision. One of them being sometimes it's way cheaper and way more cost effective to just deploy it locally. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's costs and benefits to all, to all deployment strategies. Right. And what we want to do is we just don't want to pigeonhole people and we want to make sure and be flexible for our customers as they kind of make those choices at a business level. Um, you know, the, the appliance only software kind of optional game has gotten us so far, but it's, it's really time for us to expand and, and if folks want to deploy in the cloud, great. If they want a, a SaaS solution, great. Um, if they have their own hardware, you know, go for it. So that's that's really the core of what our efforts are as far as deployment going forward. What well, what have you found for those that are faced with this decision? They're bringing in a new uh, or uh, replacing an existing. I, I hate to call it. SIM. I feel like the term SIM is, is is outdated, right? A security analytics platform. So what goes into the factors between we're going to host it on premise and we're going to host it in the cloud? You know, there's a lot. I mean, I think one of the one of the most fundamental decisions that our customers make are, you know, do I want to run this thing by myself or, or am I going to get some professional help? Um, so, you know, you see a lot of especially smaller customers outsourced to um, MSSPs. You know, they're they're wanting to have a more managed solution, not only on the technology side, but also on the, the security side, because, you know, if you're a small business, you know, you're doing 10, $20 million a year. Um, you don't have expertise in security and you shouldn't, right? I mean, if you're spending your time securing your network, you, you know, you're wasting your mental cycles where you could be going and 
um, you know, building your business. And, and that, that calculus changes as a company gets bigger. So I think that's really the first decision point is, am I going to have just write somebody a check to, to put this technology together for me and just do it for me? Or, you know, are we going to try and do this in-house? So that definitely affects the decision. I think uh, more than anything else is, is where people want to put their investment from a, from a people, um, an hour's point of view. Uh, and then you move into stuff like cost, right? Do you have regulations about where the data lives? Um, a lot of companies we're running into today have have cloud first initiatives um, where, you know, from on high, not even from the CISO's perspective, but from the CEO's perspective, they they get this message that says no more hardware, right? Like we're not doing it. We're phasing it all out. If you're buying a new solution, it's got to be in the cloud. Um, and they're doing that for a number of reasons, really. It's, you know, CapEx versus OpEx. Um, and you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of resiliency in the cloud that that people can struggle with, you know, with an appliance. Um, yeah, I feel like it's it's reversed, right? Like you used to host as much stuff as you could on premises, or you just had it just by nature of the way things are, right? Um, and the timing of everything, and you had to get approval to host things in the cloud. What you described, Sam, was the opposite that everything should be hosted in the cloud and you have to go seek approval to get it to be put on premises. That's, that's kind of what I'm hearing. And yeah, you're out sure. there in the real world, like working with people and, and that makes sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not everybody, Paul. Don't, sure. don't yeah. get me wrong. No, I get it's it. not like, yeah. you know, tomorrow every Sim's going to be in the cloud, but it's, you know, it's moving that way. And so we're trying to stay ahead of that. And that's really the basis of our, our kind of move here towards salt and, you know, configuration management as a, as a paradigm. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I, I, I've said on the show before, I feel like when in, we say the word configuration management, our audience starts to like drift off and fall asleep or change to a different podcast or you know, oh, go off and shame. do something else. But I, it's really at the heart, I, I, I truly believe this, configuration management See, is look really... See, Lee's even falling asleep. Look. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> configuration <laughs> management, it's, it's the heart of security today. It really, truly is because much of what we deploy to the cloud via DevOps, infrastructure, whatever, has configuration that's largely managed by software. And managing your configuration is really about managing your security today. Totally. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, you know, for us, it, it starts really about getting your, your logarithm out there. And, and like you said, Paul, time to value. Um, and so that's where we're leading with this thing. It's essentially what we've got is, is this new little component that contains all of our installers and it lays down everything you need for a logarithm. But by doing that, you essentially have these hooks into your entire deployment um, that, you know, from the command line in an automated way, you can do really incredible stuff. Um, for example, like anytime that minion, which is what they call them in salt, that goes, it's different yeah. in Ansible and, and Chef or whatever you're using for Puppet would be would be the other right one that we didn't list. Yeah, Puppet, exactly. Um, but they'll all basically do the same things with some with some exceptions. Um, you know, but you can really you can automate the heck out of them, which yep. which we really and love. I really love salt uh, security and, and that's salt stack rather, and that's because they're a sponsor of the show. Just want to throw that out there for our audience that there might be oh, some nice. bias there. Um, there are other options, but from in, in some, one of my coworkers from Tenable works at, at, at SaltStack and, uh, which boosts my faith in the entire company and the product. Right. Uh, cause I've worked very closely with Mayhole. He's awesome. He's coming up for an interview. I think on this show, 
Uh, so you'll get a chance to to hear Mayhall, which is which is going to be awesome. Um, but I I really like what they've built. I like their approach, and they're moving I think further and further into a security solution, uh, and looking to overcome some of those challenges. That if you've ever like I looked at Ansible briefly. I don't know if anyone's done a lot of Ansible Puppet or Chef in the past, but it's it's a commitment, like really a really big commitment. Um, and and complicated. And Salt I feel like has made that easier they've kind of lowered the bar to getting your implementation out there and i was really happy sam that you mentioned it and so you're using salt stack to deploy logarithm is that or in the yeah. deployment process how, how are you using it yeah exactly so essentially um like i said we got this new little component and you know our our solution is like i said we're trying to be more flexible and so what what the new instructions are you, you go put a minion on all your hosts right? Whether um, that are going to be part of logarithm, not every host in your network, right? That's crazy. Uh, but just the hosts that are going to be part of your, your SIM deployment, you go put a salt minion on each one of those. Um, and what those will do is they'll phone home. And then you essentially just build out a plan that says, this one's going to be part of my indexing tier. Uh, this one's going to be uh, an analytics machine. Um, this one's going to do double duty, you know, as, as a part of our administrative sweet, whatever it is. Um, and then we'll go and deploy it. And what essentially that means is that salt minion will phone home and, and just ask for instructions. Uh, and it, which is nice because you don't have to open up any inbound ports on yeah. your logarithm um, hosts, which, you know, customers complain about all the time, like having these just administrative ports open on their security appliances. So it's all outbound um, from the salt minion asking for instructions. And we say, Hey, you need to go install this package. It'll go back and, and install the package. Um, and so that's really just like the, the, you know, the table stakes of what it does. It's, it's going to get your deployment out there. But then once it's there, we can do all sorts of incredible things with the salt technology, right? We can go right. get can change from it. that host. You can change anything. This are running. Right. And collect anything. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so how have, are your customers then, like when you show them how you've deployed logarithm, are your customers then kind of looking at salt and going, wow, this is really cool. Like logarithm is really cool. And now you've got this cool tool with it. Like does it go hand in hand? Yeah, we hope so. I mean, it's something that's, that's coming up here for us in our, in our next big release. So, you know, we're still kind of rolling it out internally um, and making sure that all the, all the kinks are worked out before we get it out to customers. But testing is important. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we well, say I, that, but like how many of us actually really truly test up before we push it out? Yeah, you don't have I mean, to answer that, Sam. That wasn't for you because I'm gonna get you in trouble. But no, nah, man. I mean, one of the things I'm most proud of of my team is is the automation we're building. So yeah, you know, you can ask my team. I do it every day because I do demos every day of this thing. That's my job is to you know make people drink the Kool Aid, spread the good gospel about what we're building, right? And um, so I'll ask them, hey, I need a four host deployment, right? Give me two DXs. Um, an AI engine and a platform manager and they've got a Terraform script where they hit a button and it's all pulled up in Google Cloud in, in 10 minutes and they're like wow. hey here's your key. Now, describe that for our audience yeah. describe that technology that you just went through like when you request a demo what are those various components that are being built and what do they do yeah totally so you know we we've gone with Terraform which is mm -hmm. um, essentially like an infrastructure as code uh, they're, a, they're a leader in that space. Um, and then we also really are, are fans of Google Cloud Platform here. That's where our Cloud AI yep. uh, infrastructure runs as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but essentially what it's doing is it's um, 
going out to our code, you know, it's going to Git and it's grabbing the latest package on, and it's building these VMs in Google Cloud Platform based on a set of instructions that we give it. It's feeding the right package to the right um, hosts, um, executing some like after install scripts. Mm -hmm. And the nice part about this is that it's all in code. So nobody has to go out and, and pull any levers on this thing. It's, it's something that we execute multiple times a day just to make sure that everything's spinning up right. And then from a testing perspective, you know, just beyond demos, um, once the thing is up and running, you can have it conduct a series of, you know, automated tests, like just throw hell at the thing and, and make sure it's, it's working right and works under load. And then the cool part is after it's done, it just tears it all down. Mm -hmm. It's destroyed and it all runs automatically. We'll do that once a day to make sure that the new code we're checking in um, is is stable, is secure, hasn't broken anything that we, we don't want to break. Um, and then, you know, it keeps costs down on the Google Cloud side too because it goes up, it does its thing, and then it, it just gets torn down again automatically. And, and and that's the trick though is what how you test and what you test for, right? And constantly writing new tests. And I, I love that we have DevOps and we've, you know, built some in, in agile, right? And we see what developers do and are applying that to infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're doing the same thing with our software development that you described you're doing with your infrastructure, right? You spin it up, you test it, you take the results, spin it down, iterate, write some more tests, and then, and then you know, repeat that process. And that's, that's huge, that's huge. So many of us that remember back in the day when like you'd stand up a server, and there was your server. And if you had to make changes, you went uh, to the server to make changes. And we like to, to say, we like to say cattle, not pets around here. Right. You, know, you don't want to baby this thing along. You want to, you want to make sure everything operates exactly the same every time, because if it's not repeatable, then somebody's going to put something funky on there and make it work that one time. But then when it hits the customer in the field, you know, your test doesn't apply anymore. So if, if it's not, repeatable and really generic then it's it's not really an accurate test and i tell you what when you move to that kind of an ephemeral environment you think that works on my machine goes out the window <laughs> it's still not true like there are still instances today where like an entire container environment will spin up and it'll work great on my system and then you deploy it somewhere else and you're like oh what crap. the hell like because oh, the, yeah. there's so many variables and configuration in the in oh, the system right yeah yeah no, we go through the same thing. Like, you know, essentially like we've got this thing going on today where if you've got four cores running, it works great. Yeah. But like more cores, it breaks. Mm. It's like, what, what is that about? I, I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade guys. You've got yeah. out of my depth there, but um, you know, the tests reveal it, right? We catch that stuff in testing and get to it before it goes out to customers, or at least that's our goal. You know, something always slips out, but all you can do is make sure that you've, you know, you've tested it thoroughly with, with the conditions that you expect to see in the field. And then, you know, the field is a crazy place. There's always going to be somebody doing some stupid stuff. We saw something the other day. If you want to hear a funny story, of we do. Somebody had a, a, a little script running on their windows host. That was like a, like a PowerShell commandlet of the day. And so, you know, we do a lot of stuff reading off of standard out and, and, essentially every day this thing would put out like a random 
PowerShell script just so you could learn PowerShell. And we had no idea. This was the biggest gremlin and we mm -hmm. could not figure out why the system was, was screwing up. And someone had gone and put this like learn to code PowerShell generator on their machine. And um, like, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you see that coming. Um, but you know, people put all sorts of stupid stuff on their, their infrastructure. So. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Sam, when you're working with a, do you work directly with customers and are kind of like right there when they turn it on for the first time? Yeah, we try to be, I mean, I don't get to do it with every customer by any stretch. Yeah. What we try and do is, you know, watch people, um, see how it works out and, you know, see where they get stuck without uh, trying to be too biased and say, oh man, that's your fault, user error. You know, what we try and do is interpret everything as the, the system could be better. Right. If people get stuck, it's because the instructions weren't clear enough. Um, and, you know, we always try and, and take that feedback as a chance to improve. It, well, at a slight tangent, that's a that's a culture thing at Logarithm that I've noticed, um, which I think is great. They're always like, we can, we can improve. We need a better experience for our customers, regard, even if the customer is having a good experience. My mm -hmm. kind of a take on working with Logarithm for these year, all these years is you you just want an even better experience no matter what and that's what what's going to keep you growing as a company that's awesome what what's with some of the biggest takeaways you've seen like if you spun up an environment from a customer and seen them just like have these aha moments yeah you know let me think about that so you know it really depends on the customer right we deal with folks like i said that are that are running these tiny shops and it's just them they're the IT guy they're yep. the security guy uh, and they also probably have another job and then we work with giant multinational corporations that have super sophisticated socks. Um, and so, you know, I think what, what really makes me proud of, of what we do is when someone uh, gets it fired up and, you know, sinks our rules down. That's, that's something that we love is that our content, you can just grab mm -hmm. um, and turn it right on. And they're, they're off and running. You know, I think that's, that's a big difference is that there's not a whole lot of proprietary, um, you know, mojo or like secret sauce that you have to know to get logarithm up and running. We try and make it pretty easy to just turn the thing on um, and get it, get it going. I, you know, that that's not the way it is for everybody, but you know, when it works, it's really cool to see somebody in their first week, you know, firing alarms off, responding to incidents. That's, that's what makes us really happy. And you kind of have like modules or plugins that people can choose from and, and just go implement, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's a huge part of our market is is folks that need to be compliant for, you know, we were, you said the PCI buzzword earlier, um, GDPR, you know, we got one of our things that we take pride in is saying, you know, plug us in, get the right log sources and you're compliant, right? Mm -hmm. You can um, produce those reports for the auditors out of the box. You don't have to go write stuff to get the right logs. Am I getting the right logs? We have a whole compliance research team here that just makes sure that, you know, if you're subscribed to that plugin, you've got what you need to, to handle an audit and, and respond um, in compliance situations. That's awesome. Um, there's a, uh, the SIM space, which again, I hate calling it that, but there's a lot of players in this analytics space, right? And, you know, mm -hmm. you've got the ones that are more heavy on the network side, You've got the ones that are more heavy on the log side, some that are heavy on the endpoint side, but a, a lot of people, Elastic, for example, right, is realizing that they have a play in security. Like, finally, I feel like someone in Elastic woke up and said, you know, a lot of people are using this for security. Like, 
we should probably tap into that like multi-billion dollar market. Like, let's go for it. Um, so what, what's your assessment working with customers, right? I, and I'm, you're probably post-sales deal, right, Sam? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not in sales. So I, they've, already I mean, chosen, they've already chosen logarithm, right? But there's, there's yeah. other solutions out there. Um, what's your kind of take on your customers going, yeah, we tried to build this ourselves. We tried something else. But, you know, like you said, it just, it kind of just works out of the box uh, more easily with logarithm. Totally. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of love for Elastic. Um, they're, they're a key part of our technology platform. Um, and it's super powerful and it's just an amazing technology. Um, you can, you can tell that people are sensitive to it. I don't know if you guys saw that Amazon just forked off, um, forked off an elastic branch Yep. just to kind of make sure that elastic couldn't pull the rug out from under them there. Um, you know, the wisdom of that is debatable. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys could chime in on that, but, um, you know, it's, you're right. I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of the bare bones that you need. They've got the data, which is number one and far by and away the the biggest thing that you have to have to do this sort of analytics they've got it right it's easy to get into elastic um it's easy to look at and so just kind of putting a a security ui on top of it like you said makes a whole lot of sense um you know one one of the things that i think we we still feel comfortable and and, you know we're going to continue with is our mdi layer so essentially taking this data and making sure that it's normalized and um, enriched is something that, you know, I think Elastic's looking into with their common schema. Um, but, you know, they're, that's a big gap, right? Just having the data um, in sort of a, like a free query format is great. But if you really want to do these like correlations and look for lateral movement within the network, you've got to have, you've got to have it parsed out and, and normalized to see, you know, logs that are from different log sources that look different, that have different um, syntax, how they connect together. And so that's where I still feel like we're, we're a, a leader in the market is in that yeah, area. Yeah, I, I agree. So your underlying architecture um, is unique and it's that multiple passes of log events, right? You, you, you log everything, store everything, and you, then you create like a correlation layer. And that's different from the way a lot of other systems work in this space. So that, that's certainly, when we look at technical differentiators, one that I, I put in logarithms court squarely. For sure, for sure. Any uh, other questions for Sam? Yeah, so as we're talking about, you've got all the data in there and you've got your correlation layer in there. One of the things I've run into from time to time is that the, the you know, I can't find what I care about or whatever, it would often translate to somebody really not willing to dig in and learn how to use the product to query it. What have you got to help people get over that hurdle to get them really going from, oh, cool data to look at the cool shit we're doing with the data? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I think one of the key things that I'll go back to is our, our modules, right? So the data, we parse it out um, according to our schema. And then, you know, which, which, ones do I care about, right? And, and that comes to the same out-of-the-box content, but it's for um, analytics rules. So the most core thing we have is just the, uh, the core module, which is looking for just like basic attacks, like DDoS attacks. Um, it's looking for, you know, sort of phishing attacks that we can, we can see. And so even someone who comes in, what we like to say is if you have, you know, really no security experience at all, um, you can come in and at least get 
you know, an inkling of what's going on in your network if you get everything running through Logarithm um, without a whole bunch of, you know, domain specific or product specific expertise. Um, and then, you know, searches are an issue. Like we have a, a roadmap to improve our, our search capabilities into our elastic data set and our, our logs in general. Um, there's, there's a couple of things you can do out there to, to help yourself. We have, we do Lucene queries in Logarithm um, and we've got a little tool that helps people build Lucene queries. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're always trying to improve. Like Paul and I were saying earlier, I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying to make sure that it's as easy to search for the data you need as, as possible because it's all there and it's all normalized for you. Um, so the UI in between you and your data is always the hardest part to tackle. Yeah. Any other questions for Sam? Negative. Sam, are you ready to play five questions with Security Weekly? Sure. You better me. be. You better be. Have you been prepped for this? No, man. I I don't know. You, I'll, I'll give you my honest truth here. All right. So five questions with Security Weekly. There's five questions. They're really easy. There's no right or wrong answer. And one of the questions is multiple choice with only two possible answers. So we're making it easy for you, Sam. You're ready. All right. Let's do this. Sam, three words to describe yourself. Fisherman. Uh, awake. And hungry. If you were a serial killer, what would be your weapon of choice, Munchy Man? Oh, circular saw. No doubt. Sir wow. Sir there was no hesitation. Did you hear that? <laughs> He's been thinking about this one. Right on right on that oh, it was man. right on that sam if you wrote a book about yourself what would the title be what do you do this time in the, in the popular game of ask grabby grabby do you prefer to go first or second um neither how about second second there you go mm -hmm. all right there it is sam choose two celebrities to be your parents alive dead alive, fictional dead, or otherwise or otherwise Ooh. okay two celebrities um, Joff trying to steal my thunder. <laughs> how about Teddy Roosevelt and Beyonce? Wow. Oh. Fan. Be quite a, that'd be quite a pair, right? Yeah. yeah that would be, would be, that would quite, be quite a pair. pair. Oh, Sam. I'm just talking about Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Nice choice. Thank you so much for appearing on this episode of Paul's Security Weekly. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Excellent. With that, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. We'll come back with our next interview. Stay tuned.